Welcome to Spencer Talks About Stuff. Please subscribe to Spencer Talks About Stuff and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also write a review and let everyone know what you think about the podcast. I am also now live on Spotify and Stitcher. For today's amendments, I wanted to add one more thing about the Lewis and Clark journey. So David Corpenin and I mentioned that there was only one person who died on the expedition. He died about 90 days into the journey and he actually died from appendicitis. He didn't get dysentery. He didn't die of a wound or an infection, which is pretty dang incredible for that time period and the type of journey they were on. Over 40 dudes and only one person died 90 days into the journey. And they didn't get killed by a wild animal. They didn't get killed in a skirmish with a a Native American tribe. He died of natural causes, appendicitis that they couldn't obviously couldn't operate on back then. Um, I still really, really encourage you guys, look up the Lewis and Clark journey. I know it's something that we learned about when we were very young, but looking looking at what they did as an adult now, I'm the same age uh, that Meriwether Lewis was when they went out on that expedition. It gives me much more of an appreciation for what those guys did. The knowledge they had, the hardships they went through, and they were just hard dudes. Um, they went out without a lot of stuff and they had to rely on themselves to provide for themselves and they had to rely on their wit and how they talked to the local tribes and they relied on help from those local tribes as well. So I really, really encourage you guys to take a second look at the Lewis and Clark journey. For Spencer's favorites, I want to let you guys know about a few of my buddies who are doing a crazy challenge to bring awareness and raise money for local organizations. Sam McCaskill and Tyler Horn Their two former Boise State defensive linemen will be running four miles every four hours for 48 hours. I believe they're doing this in four days on August 21st. uh, So Sam McCaskill is raising money for the Children's Home Society. And then Tyler Horn is raising money for the Ronald McDonald House. And I know I actually know a little bit more about Sam's organization than Tyler's, but I know if you follow them on social media, once again, Sam McCaskill and Tyler Horn, I know both of them are fairly active on Instagram, but they're posting links to those organizations. So you can sponsor them on this crazy run. Um, I was talking to Sam earlier and he said, I believe he's shooting for... 48, it's either 48 miles or 52 miles. I can't remember if he ends with four miles at that 48th hour. It's a, it's an awesome, awesome feat that they're accomplishing and they're doing it for an awesome cause. So the Children's Home Society is raising money for the Community Support Program, a program that allows the Community Home Society to provide mental health care services for children regardless of their family's ability to pay. So you can log on to children, childrenshomesociety.com. And once again, if you check Sam's social media, he'll have a direct link to this page. But Sam has a link, and it's under the Fund a Run link on childrenshomesociety.com. And you can either sponsor $1 per mile that Sam runs, $5 per mile. You can make a donation, a one-time fee, or you can sponsor him by by mile. So I highly, highly encourage you guys to do that. And he's going to be posting stuff on social media as he runs through. And I believe Tyler will be as well. So they're going to check in with everyone. I don't think they're going to run those four miles on the same route every time. So they might be going around the town and running those four miles in different parts of the city. So once again, 
Sam McCaskill and Tyler Horn on August 21st. They are running four miles every four hours for 48 hours to raise money for the Children's Home Society and the Ronald McDonald House in Boise. Please subscribe to Spencer Talks About Stuff and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also write a review and let everyone know what you think about the podcast. Without further ado, here's episode 25 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Welcome to episode 25 of Spencer Talks About Stuff. Today on the podcast, I have Dave Cushing. Dave is a police officer and a former Boise State football player. So I wanted to get that out of the way. How you doing, Dave? Doing great, man. Good. Excited to be here. Yeah. I'm excited to see you. We haven't seen each other in... Long time. Yeah. I think we saw each other at a tailgate. like Last year. Last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So um, I wanted to have you on because former Boy State football player, which people always dig listening to, and then you're a police officer, and I have not had any cops on. I have had a parole officer on, Okay. but I have not had a, a cop on. So yep. I just kind of wanted to pick your brain about that and see what you've been doing since you got done playing. Yeah. So... Well, I've been doing that since I got done playing, man. Did you uh, get on like right after? Right after. Damn. That's pretty much why. That's pretty much why I left playing ball because I'd kind of hit my ceiling. It was time for me to move on, and it was time for me to start making money. Honestly, yeah. And got picked up by Twin Falls. Went down there, worked down there for two years, and then uh, I've been in, came lateraled back over to Meridian. I've been there for like six years, so. Dang. Been a street cop for almost eight and a half years. Oh, wow. Awesome. How was Twin? I, I'm i grateful for Twin, man. They gave me my start and, like, put me through post. I can't say, like, enough good things about the city of Twin Falls and, like, Twin Falls Police Department. Yeah. I, I wouldn't want to live down there yeah. longer than I did, but I got a lot of good experience in two years. Yeah. What, uh, what did you not like about Twin? Just too small or just kind of different? It just wasn't home. Yeah. You know? I was the only I went down there for that job. That was it. And my family was down here. So on my days off it was either stay down there and hang out by myself or I have a lot of good friends that I made in Twin that I still talk to and hang out with to this day. But you know, I had met my now wife and uh I'd come back home. So it was I was driving back and forth all the time. So it just it just it got old, honestly. Yeah. yeah. So, and my whole family's down here. So. Yeah. Gotcha. Because you went to high school at um, Valley View. Valley View, yeah. Yeah, Falcons. Yeah. yeah. And I, I was introduced to you through Drew. Yes. Because Drew and I were good buddies in high school. Yes. Um, because we did all the, you know, camps and stuff together. Yep. So. Still good friends with him. Yeah. You guys I hang out I, I wish I hung out with him more. He lives up in Washington now, and I don't Oh. I don't see him as much. I, I saw him recently. Was he working for like a roofing company or yep. something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90% sure he still does that. Okay. So. And he just probably switched territories or mm-hmm. something. Or, yeah, yeah, he went. So I think that's what it was. Is like when he started out, he was he had this territory, and then he was training. And then I think he went up there and actually took over that territory. Oh, cool. Sounds like he's doing a really good job. Yeah. So Yeah. Awesome. But I miss that fucker. Yeah. I, dude, I love Drew. Yeah. He's the nicest dude in the world. He is. <laughs> um, all right. So we got to talk about the drinks that we're drinking. White Claw. And I assume you like White Claw because you're a fitness enthusiast now. Yes. <laughs> I like them because that is the main component that is, yeah. But they're also just freaking good, man. Yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. I actually, the grapefruit flavor, I think, is my favorite one. 
my wife informed me that there's two series of flavors. There's, I haven't had the second series. There's, I've, there's tangerine in the second series. Okay. <laughs> it's pretty freaking good. I got to get I want to try that. And, yeah. But I've just been on number one series. Yeah. I, uh, if a lot, it's, a it, lot of people are going to make fun of me that I'm drinking White Claws, but I don't care. Who cares? I, I actually have had this conversation. I haven't had this conversation since like the first couple episodes of the podcast, but some people are so pretentious about like their beers. Like I'm so content just drinking Coors Light. Yes. But some people are like, they want the double IPA and all that crap. And I'll enjoy an IPA. I like them. They're or good. a dark beer. But like a hot summer day, I, I just, I'm content with Coors Light. Yep. Yeah. I'm yeah, anything that's cold and yeah, I I 100% am with you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so so I wanted to bring up your weight loss. Sure. Because I know a lot of people have reached out to you, which is it's so fucking cool that you told me that that people wanted to know like your workout regimen, oh, your yeah. nutrition. A lot of people. Yeah. And it's kind of hard too because I probably should have jotted some of that down <laughs> yeah you know like what did i do or but um but i mean yeah it, man it, i didn't do anything like when i lost my initial weight i didn't do anything like in particular follow one program or anything it was just kind of same general rules same yeah total 100 percent same and it's been that was about two years ago when i kind of really got serious about it and i didn't there was, I didn't do like the Atkins or, you know, I didn't follow any specific diet or anything like that. I just, you know, I just made up in my mind that I was going to do it and I just did it. Yeah. And so I, uh, it started off with a lot of cardio. I don't know how you did it and everybody's body's different and everything like that. But yeah. I, two years ago, I think I was like, what were you at your heaviest? Dude, I was 308 at my okay. heaviest. So <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> it's fucking, I don't like, I put on a 20 pound vest now and I'm like, this is heavy as shit. And that only yeah. makes me like 260. You know, what's crazy is going to a gym and picking up like, cause all in all, I lost almost a hundred pounds, 105 pounds. Wow. Holy smokes. So going and picking up like a hundred pound dumbbell at the yeah. gym, it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. I used to carry that around. Like where the hell did you keep it? Exactly. You know? <laughs> and I think we carried it well. Obviously we were playing football and stuff. But yeah. Yeah, man. That was the, and that was, that was a problem too, is like we were playing football and we were burning all that off daily, but my eating habits continued yeah. when I quit playing. So I'm not losing all those calories anymore. I'm still eating like I'm a freaking lineman Yeah, and blew up. Yeah. And so for people who don't know, Dave was a defensive tackle Yep. at BSU. Yep. Yeah. And at my heaviest, I was probably 305, maybe a little less than that. But yeah. Yeah. You look fucking good, dude. You look good too. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I feel uh, good. Yeah. I feel good too. And I... I probably push myself a little too hard in the gym sometimes and you know, some aches and pains happen, yep. but I, I just fucking love it. I love yep. working out. Me too. Yeah. And that, that kind of grew cause I didn't Yeah. like when I first started out, I wasn't doing shit. I, I wasn't, I was going to work. I had really poor eating habits. My work shift work lends itself to eating out Yeah. because it's quick. And honestly, man, I was just too lazy to, to make my own food. Yeah. And when I did make my own food, it tasted like shit. Yeah. So I'm like, why the hell? I'm, well, I'm it's not a... like you can go somewhere and like heat your food up. Right. Like when you're on the road. 
Well, you can like, and I do that now. Yeah. Like we can, we can, it's not crazy enough to where, uh, you know, we're not busy enough to where I don't ever get back to the station and I can't heat up my food. Yeah. Cause I do. But back then it was just mostly laziness, you know, and yeah. it was just the convenience of going through, uh, Los Betos or McDonald's and yeah. stuff like that at three <laughs> o'clock. And the other thing about it too, is like working shift work like that is, you know, in twin and Meridian, your healthy options close down you know, around eight o'clock. And then after then it's yeah. Del Taco, Betos, Betos. <laughs> dude in college, I ate two Betos burritos and I'm not proud of that. Like, in like one, often or are you just often. saying one time? Mm, I did it more than once, Yeah, but I'd be like, God, I'm, I'm hungry as shit. Dude, I, so I'd go to Betos and I'd get a burrito and I'd be in the line. And I'd be like, Oh fuck! I'm gonna get that one. Too. <laughs> it's like the like the California one sounds yep. good, and you're like, I want a spicy one yeah. too. <laughs> I get the California, and I'd be like, Oh fuck! I'm gonna get the Texano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I would smoke them both, dude. And yeah. Then, yeah, that's just not good. I I've told this story a few times on the podcast because people ask. They're like, Well, you had to like keep your weight up, and you're burning so many calories. And after dinner at BSU, I would always go to Qdoba. And I would get, they had buy one, get one free burritos if you had your receipt from the day before. <laughs> and so I just went every day and I got a free burrito every day. But I'd eat two burritos after dinner before bed. Oh. Like fairly often. Like for most of my career. Yeah. It, it And I, I think being that heavy and pushing ourselves as hard as we did, like that cannot be good for your heart. No. No. Because we were. Absolutely not. I think I was in shape, you know? I mean, I could do like 20 chin-ups when I was we 300 were. pounds. Yeah. We were. And we were strong as shit. Yeah. But and your heart is just working overtime. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I miss that. Yeah. But I miss being that strong because I'm not that strong anymore. Yeah. I lost... I have lost a considerable amount of strength, but I'm... St- and then it's kind of how you characterize strength, right? Because like, yeah, I can't bench, you know, almost 400 pounds anymore, but I can do a lot of fucking pull-ups. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. And I can do, you know, dips and stuff like that when I couldn't ever do that before. Yeah. Well, I think it's more practical now anyways, too. Like, Oh, yeah. I like still being strong, and I can squat a decent amount or whatever and clean and snatch. But I've gotten to that point where it's like, okay, I did my competitive CrossFit thing, and I got I like went to some competitions and stuff, and that was super fun. But now... It, what's the point of keeping all that strength sure. when I could be doing other stuff like dedicating time to mobility or like, yep. you know, just rehab in certain parts or working on smaller muscles or doing some gymnastics movements or whatever. Yeah. Like that's probably way more beneficial in the long run than trying to snatch 300 pounds. <laughs> sure. So no doubt. And that's kind of what got me on this whole journey to begin with was like once I had that conversation with myself in the mirror, like I'm fat. you know what i'm saying like there's no doubt about it and and it's and i didn't want to be that way i didn't want to you know when people first meet you that's kind of one of the things they'll look at and it's just the way of the world but i didn't want to be that way anymore and so i just made a conscious effort and decision that i was going to lose weight and i also wanted to do it because i had i now have two daughters by the time i had one and i was heading towards early onset diabetes. I was going to have issues. I mean, the horror stories of, um, 
you know, cops having heart attacks in the, in the line of duty is serious and it happens all the time. Yeah. I didn't want to be a part of that statistic. So I just decided that I needed to kick it in gear. And that was a major modifier or motivational factor for me was I needed to get in shape. I wanted to be around for my daughters. Um, and just, I was starting to hurt like waking up in the morning, like my back hurt. I'm like, God damn, I'm fucking 27 years old. And my yeah. back hurts. My knee hurts. So it was, I was, that was, it was, it was time to, yeah. to, to kick it in gear. That's pretty awesome that you were mature enough to have that conversation. With oh yourself. yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And part of that was that Goggins book, you know, like yeah. I read that and I don't want to, you know, cause everybody's like, Oh, I read that and I got motivated, but he'll even talk about it in that book that like motivation doesn't last. It's yeah. like, I'll be motivated for a week and then I'm not, and yeah. you know, it's like, fuck, I don't want to, I'll be motivated for a week and I'm, I kick ass for a week and then it's like, shit, I'm, I'm done. You know, yeah. it, it's gotta be, it's gotta come from within. You gotta be driven and that's the only way it's going to last. But yeah, um, it's hard sometimes like you said, it like, like you'll get motivation. You'll be like, I want to start eating healthy again, yeah. or I want to start working harder in the weight room. And then there's like that one day where you're like, fuck, I want to sleep in or mm-hmm. like, I want to go home and take a nap or it fades. Yeah, totally. It, it does. totally fades because it like a Goggins book. You read that. I mean, that guy is insane. That guy's on a whole different playing field. That guy is, you know, but even after reading that book and, listening to it. I, I listened to his book probably three times. Really? And, it's uh, can't hurt me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, just what that guy went through and his, his mindset on life and everything like that. There's some great things that you can take away from that, but it does fade because we're not all David Goggins and we all have different things going on in our life and stuff like that. So yeah, it's got to come from within and, and yeah, I, I love the quote. And I forget who said this, and it might have been Goggins. I actually do think it's Goggins. Uh, learn to do when you don't want to do. That to me, that's like okay. And I I use that today. Yeah. Like I was ready to fucking go that's home great. from my job and like take a nap and stuff. And I'm like, okay, well, this is that moment that he's talking about in that quote. Yep. I can fucking push through it. Yep. You know, take a little walk and a break, and then get back to it. And um. Yep. But I think. Uh, I mean, his physical aspect of things, I think the average person probably can't do. Sure. Like, uh, did you know I own a gym? I didn't. I, I, not really, but. So I own a CrossFit gym and I would never tell my members to come in. Like if their back is hurting, like stay home, rehab it, make sure you feel good. Like I'm not going to force them to come in. So I think that there's a fine line. And just like coach Pete said, like, are you sore or are you injured? Like you have to know the difference. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured. Yep. I think that's what, how it went. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. And that dude taped up his broken legs, you know, with duct tape. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to do that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some, if you keep it in perspective, there's some great things that you can take away from that book. But so did you just start eating less or did you actually follow like certain rules or? Yeah. So as you know, diet, I think that that was the one thing that I really kicked into gear was my diet. And I don't think 
you can work out as much as you want, but if that's not in check, it's probably going to be all for naught. Yeah. And the biggest thing for me, like I told you, was I started cooking meals at home. Mm -hmm. And I started cooking meals that I enjoyed. And that was kind of a game changer for me. So, yeah, I was eating a lot of... Yeah, I was eating a lot of, like, chicken and fish and stuff like that. But it was stuff that I didn't necessarily like it at first but i grew to like it i don't know why maybe my taste buds changed but i grew to like it and i still like it to this day like i still like i pretty much eat the same shit every day but i love it yeah you know what i'm saying i don't know if that's weird or not but i don't think it is i think a lot of people figure that out people who get on weight loss journeys or people who are very regimented about exercise i think they just learn to like their their routine that they're in but it's not so bland. It's just like, I'm going to eat chicken and rice for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's not so strict to where that's all I'm going to eat except for one meal. And then I'm going to go fucking hog wild and go to Chuckarama <laughs> and sit there for four hours and have a cheat meal. Like, yeah. I don't know if, you know, I'm not saying that's bad or not either, but I think you just got to get something that you can sustain and that you can sustain for the rest of your life. And that was kind of me figuring out, learning how to cook and enjoying the food I was eating. And then the exercise part of it too was like, I've never been a runner. Like we ran a lot in college, but we ran short distances. Yeah. Right. Anything over like 40 yeah, or, we're, we're or done. like gassers. We're I done. Guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. done. <laughs> we're done. We're, we're on the sideline, but, um, I wanted to, like, I'd never been a runner and I wanted to be like, okay, I want to get good at running. And that was kind of came from Goggins too, just kind of listening to him do all those ultra marathons and stuff. I'm like, that sounds pretty fun. And that's a goal I'm going to shoot for. And I'm going to sign up for some runs. And I did. And, um, and like Spartan races and stuff like that. But honestly, when I started out, I was almost too fat to run. Yeah. If that makes sense. It hurt. So were you at your heaviest after you were done playing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And it morphed into no muscle. I mean, I was like 300 pounds of like chewed bubble gum. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I lost muscle mass and it was, it wasn't good. And so, yeah, when I really got serious about it, I'm like, okay, I really want to get good at running. I've never been good at running. And, uh, I went out and ran and I'm like, holy shit, this hurts. What, you know, this hurts too much. Yeah. And so I had to scale it back. And for the first couple of months I did the elliptical and I would go in and I hit the elliptical for like an hour. Oh, wow. And that sounds like a long time and it is a long time, but I would like listen to podcasts and I would listen to books and stuff like that. And that was just kind of my, my thing. I would go in there and hit the elliptical for an hour and the elliptical, I burned a lot of calories. (laughs) And, uh, so after that started to work and I started to see results, I didn't lift a weight I just did that. Wow. That and my diet for a few months. And I started losing some weight and I'm like, oh shit, you know, 10, 20 pounds fell off. And then, then I started to run and I'm like, I can run and I, this feels good. And it started to feel better. And so then I started really getting into running and man, I was running three or four miles a day and then pushing it out. And then I'd kind of break it up a little bit and I wouldn't run. Then the next day I'd have like a long run Yeah. and really got into running and got ready for some, some races that I'd signed up for. And it just, 
it just kind of snowballed from there, man. Yeah. I really started to enjoy running. And it wasn't just running, too, man. I did a lot of different shit. Like, I did hot yoga. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you I've, done that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I love it. Yeah. Like, people make, you know, people want to make fun of me or whatever, but. Dude, Fuck them, man. It's awesome. Okay. I got to tell you this. The hardest, like, exercise I've ever fucking done <laughs> is hot yoga. And it's at the beginning, and you put both hands above your head, and you interlace <laughs> yeah. your fingers. Yeah, you stretch. That destroys my shoulders. <laughs> yeah. I feel like such a wuss, because there's, like. You know, the old dudes and the old ladies and all yeah. the chicks that are in there and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like buff and strong and stuff. And yeah. I'm getting my ass kicked by everyone in hot yoga. And I, the first time I went to hot yoga, they said, your goal is just to stay in the room. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> and she goes, sit down whenever you want. Red flag. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> which, which one did you go to? Um, so it's changed names quite a few times. I, you know, um, was it the one on Broadway? No. Okay. It was in Nampa. Okay. Um, and I'm blanking on the name right now, but it's in that, you know where the Edwards Nampa is? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's in that spectrum right off the freeway there. And I still go there every once in a while. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So what else besides hot yoga did you do? I did hot yoga. Um, I did a few Spartan races. I swam. Oh, cool. Uh, I'd go swim out in like Lake Lowell. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I just tried different, I, uh, cycling, you know, okay. I just tried all sorts of different shit. Yeah. So what did you, what did you sign up for? Did you sign up for like half marathons or anything or? Uh, I signed up for a few five K's cause that was a little bit more realistic for me. Yeah. And then I did a 10 K and then this year I was really excited. I got signed up to do Roby. Oh Yeah. And got canceled. That got shit canned. So. Yeah. My wife has done Roby, I think, the last four years. And this is going to be her fifth year. And yeah, I've done it with her twice. I was excited. Yeah. It's a good fucking challenge, man. Yeah. I, I know was, Tyler Horn and Sam McCaskill have done it too. Yeah. yeah. I was really looking forward to it and then it got shit canned. But yeah. It's all right. We'll get it next year. Yeah. I need to sign up for it again. I'm so good on the like first eight miles because I can push through like sure. run, running up the hill. And like I'll do intervals and I'll kind of play a game in my head, but then going down, going downhill on the backside fucks my knees up. Yeah, like that's the part that's the hardest for me, and that's where my wife just like flies down the hill, and she leaves me in the. In do you the think dust. it's just because of all the abuse you've given your knees? I think it's probably because I still I still weigh like on a day to day basis I'm between two thirty and two forty, and I think that that's a lot of weight pounding on your knees. Um, but I also probably don't run down the hill correctly. <laughs> yeah. Like I like to slow myself down and I know that's probably fucking my knees up. Um, cause I just don't like feeling like out of control when I'm running downhill, but some people can just fly. Yeah. I, so I've never done that. So I, I don't know how I would do, yeah. it, it would probably mess. I've like ran up table rock and then ran down. Yeah. And that started to hurt my knees. So yeah, I always walk I'm down table probably rock in the same boat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you could probably get up the front faster than me, though. <laughs> I've ran up that in like 17 minutes. Oh, okay. No, I meant Roby. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've never ran that. Can you run up Table Rock without stopping? No. Dude, I that was... Feet. <laughs> that that was is my, a feat. That was my goal for the longest time, yeah. and I never got there. Me neither. Yeah. I can get pretty fucking far. And then those net those those last couple of zigs, especially the last one. Yeah, I I just can't. Yeah, yeah. but I'll get I can I can do it in like 
I'll break like once or twice. Yeah, that's awesome. My fucking brother did it. Really? Yeah. Damn. And he doesn't even. I mean, yeah. I'm here. I'm. I'm putting in all this work and stuff. And he, <laughs> we, we go and do it, and he just fucking runs up. And yeah. he's always just been really good at. Dude, I when I was running Roby Creek the first time, like it. My wife and I did not stay together on that one. I told her, "You go. I'm gonna just do it as fast as I can. Like I don't want you to have to walk sure. with me in certain parts." And uh, like mile eleven or twelve, my hamstring started to cramp, and I was so fucking pissed because I was almost done. And I'm like, "I'm an offensive lineman. I'm running Roby Creek. Like this is gonna be so cool to finish." Oh yeah. And I thought I wasn't gonna be able to finish it, and my hamstring's cramping, and I'm trying to rub it out, and I was like, "Fuck." And this little girl like ran past me and she, she goes, sorry, mister. And I was like, oh my God, I feel like such a wuss right now. There's like kids kicking my ass. But that's what's cool about running though is like so many people can go out and do it. And it doesn't matter if you're super old, super young. Yeah. 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 I just want to be able to do shit when I'm older. Like that's, yep. I'm super worried about football being detrimental like to me later in life. Yep. Well, and the thing about that is we don't know, right? Till yeah. it is going to be later in life. Yeah. Well, so. I know some guys that were in art. Were we in the same grade? Or were you a grade ahead of me? I graduated in 2008. Okay. We were, we were the same. But I, I gray shirted. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I knew some guys that I graduated, or I know some guys that I graduated with that are having super bad joint issues. And I kept active. So I think that that plays into it. Absolutely. Like if people stop, I think it's, it yep. fucks your body up way more. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cause then if you stop, then trying to get back in, it's going to be way, way harder. Yeah. But pretty much the, a lot of what I do now is just like trying to longevity and stretching. Yeah. I still lift weights, but I don't get under the rack and squat 500 pounds. Yeah. yeah. I can't even imagine doing yeah. that now. <laughs> There's no way. There is no way. I would just. Everything would buckle. Yeah. You know, I, I got pretty strong like doing CrossFit because once you get into CrossFit, it's like, okay, your back squat, your front squat need to be strong. Your Olympic lifts need to be strong. Um, and I got pretty strong on my Olympic lifts, but like my squat never got anywhere close to where it was when I was at sure. PSU. So I think yeah. just being bigger helps you move weight. And I would totally, like, I just have never really done CrossFit. I, I'll do some CrossFit workouts, but I've never gone to a CrossFit gym or anything like that. And yeah. I'm not against it. I totally would do it. And I think the competition aspect of it, too, would be pretty fun. Yeah. Because I miss that. That's the one thing. That's why I got into it. I got into it, like, right when I got done. And I just needed something to, like, yep. compete in. Yep. So. I'm, st it's, I'm still that way. Like, yeah. I'm still looking for... Like, have you ever done the Spartan races or anything like I that? I have not. I'm not, like, a huge Spartan. Like, you know, like, I wear all the memorabilia or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But they're fucking fun, man. Yeah. And you can compete, and you can compete against yourself, and you can be compete against other people. And they're fun. And yeah. they're hard. And I did the first one, and I was like, I hope this isn't just, like, a charity thing, and it's really easy or <laughs> yeah. something. But um, Was it the one? Wasn't there one here? There like, was one in Payette. That was okay. the first one I ever did. Yeah. And, uh, it was really fun and it was hard and me and my brother did it together, which was, which was really, which was really fun and special and, and, uh, that kind of got us hooked into it. Yeah. And this year we were going to do like the, cause they have like, you can get your trifecta or whatever. You get a special medal. Is it like the 
5k 10k yep. and a long yeah. one. Yeah. yeah yeah so we were gonna do that and we went to arizona in february and uh rona kind of destroyed all that yeah i'm switching to pbr okay okay <laughs> that's the first thing that came out of there so <laughs> I got another one. oh i'm good pbr is good yeah, I that the Corona shit has really thrown a wrench into my life. Yeah, I think a lot of people's lives. We had so many fucking trips planned and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it sucks, dude. Yeah, but we are you are you like working? Yeah, I go. I do go into my work. Um, so I don't know if you know what I do, but I work for Saint Alphonsus, and I used to do supply chain for them, and then they actually acquired a lab that did all the lab work for independent clinics around the Valley. And so I, I put in for a position to kind of help with the transition team with that. And now I do like physician liaison stuff for them. Right on. So it's, it's cool. It's in the hospital, but I'm not like clinical. So I'm more like, you know, administrative stuff. So right on. Yeah. But I still go into my office, but I will work from home. Um, kind of on call too. Like if people call with issues, I I'll yeah. answer my phone when I'm on vacation or the weekend or whatever. Yeah, same thing with my wife. Like she was when this all hit, she transitioned to working from home, and she can still work from home, but she's back at work now. Yeah. So, what does she do? She does like um, HR stuff, admin stuff for a civil engineering firm in Meridian. Oh, cool. So nice, great company. Keller Associates. And they've treated her really well. So yeah, she likes it. Yeah. Awesome. So Nice, man. Yeah. Um, so I was going to ask you, I, I have some notes written and I was just going to see if Fire you away. wanted to talk about some of this shit. Fire away. Dude, I texted one of my BPD buddies, Boise police buddies, and he never texted me back about this, but that shit with, is it Ammon Bundy? Uh-huh. When he went to that cop's house. In Meridian? Oh, in Meridian? Yeah. Was that, that was like a year ago, maybe, right? No, that was a few months ago. Okay. Was that it... was the playground thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. What the fuck was happening with that? <laughs> Were they trying to protest the cop for arresting the gal because she wasn't wearing a mask? <laughs> no, it had nothing to do with the mask. I think it had, a, it was about the playgrounds being closed at the time. Oh, okay. And cause it's city property, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't working and I don't know a whole lot about it, Yeah, but yeah, I just, remember, it happened. I just remember seeing updates for that shit. And it's like that guy from Oregon is in Meridian right now. Like, I don't Dude, know. He lives in Emmett. Oh, does he really? Yeah. Oh shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn. He's yeah. on, he's on your radar. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. I just couldn't believe, like, I don't know. These people with the defund the police shit. And I knew we said we weren't going to talk about this crap. But, like, I don't think these people that are saying defund the police in Boise have ever met a Boise cop. Because sure. they're the nicest fucking people I've ever met. Yep. <laughs> and that's, that's the thing, too, dude, is, like, all... I mean, there's a lot going on, right? Yeah. And there's a lot of highly charged emotional stuff going on right now but all you know all i'll say about it is like all i can speak to is my eight years in pretty much this valley yeah and with the people i work for with the people i work around they're great people you know what i'm saying i can't i don't know what goes on in on the east coast yeah i don't know what goes on down south all i can speak to is what happens at my department what happens with the departments that i work with and 
I mean, they're they're just good people, and we are we're trying to do our best. You know what I'm saying? That's my attitude about it. Yeah, it's like I go to work every day. I want to treat people the way I I would want to be treated. Yep. And and that's kind of the way I do my job is I treat people the way I would want to be treated. And I try have a I try and have a positive attitude all the time. You know, I give people the benefit of the doubt. Don't get it twisted though, there are bad people out there. Yeah. And there are evil people out there. But um yeah, I just with B, you know, I've worked with I work with BPD quite a bit actually because I have the, the canine, and so they'll call for my assistance quite a bit yeah. if they don't have a dog on or something like that. So I go down there all the time. Yeah, and yeah, great dudes, uh, great dudes, and and all across the Treasure Valley, like people around here don't have to worry about the that kind of stuff going on. Yeah. I've never seen it in my eight years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like. I just, I've never seen it. And that's just my experience with it's eight years of experience. I've never seen it. Well, it's like people, people trying to use a tagline for a department that has 40,000 cops in a city that has 300 cops. Like, yeah, it, it's not applicable. It's a totally different place. Yep. Yeah, it, it is. And you know, that deal that Minnesota, right? The, yeah, well, I was saying Manhattan. Manhattan has like 40,000 guys on their force. Okay. But, you know, the whole thing that sparked this with Chauvin and stuff like that. Yeah. Nobody has said, like, that was okay. Yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, like I said, it just, we try and do our best. We try and serve the Treasure Valley community the best we can. And I think we do a good job. Fuck yeah. I've never had an issue with a cop. The only issue I ever had with cops was when I was in college drinking underage. Yeah. That's when I hated cops. And obviously I was doing something illegal. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I Like like I said, I, I go to work. I try and do the very best job I can and try to keep a positive attitude about all this stuff that's going on and just try and serve the, the community the best I can. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and I know we talked a little bit about this before, and you just mentioned it, but recently you started with the canine. Yep. Yeah. Three. So, 2017, I got a yellow lab. No way. I got a yellow lab. Her name was Dory, and she's probably the, the, one of the most amazing dogs yeah. ever. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal dope dog. Yeah. So, she was trained in narcotics, narcotics only. She was trained to alert to... Marijuana, methamphetamine, cocaine. Okay. And Dory was actually a rescue, which even makes her story cooler. Yeah. Right? So they go through, they do all this selection stuff, and they actually find her at a pet, at a shelter. I think it was maybe Elmore County or something like that. Okay. The guy that trained her, I think his name was Gary Shine, but he just saw, like, hey, this dog might have what it takes. She's got the drive or whatever. Yeah. She does. Yeah. And man, how, she, how old do you know how old she was when he found her? I don't, man. I think she was pretty young. Yeah. Probably like one. Okay. Maybe a little little older, but um yeah, she had quite a few handlers before me. Um but uh I had her and I worked her for what would that be two and a half years on the road. Yeah. Phenomenal dope dog. 
But uh, and do you not have her anymore? I do, man. Oh, you still? Have her? I do have her. Yeah, she retired. She retired at the beginning of this year. No way. So now she's like your family dog. Oh yeah, dude, that's so cool. Yeah, dude, it's 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 awesome too because it's fun to watch that transition from her being a working dog to her being a just straight up lab. Yeah, because Dory. Dory's like famous in the Treasure Valley because I mean we did a lot of school demos with her. She was she's a cute cuddly lab, right? Mm-hmm. So um, she's not we, the German Shepherd. No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we went around and we do all the school demos and stuff, and the other guys did that too. But um, you know, we she just was well known in the valley, and she'd work because I think it's because she worked for so long. I mean, she damn near worked for eight years which is a long time for a dog holy smokes she was employed longer than a lot of people i know (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome uh but yeah i mean she's uh she's retired now and i don't know she's probably put on like 15 pounds yeah she's just living the good life man. that's awesome she's great with my kids so yeah yeah she's a good dog yeah so are you are you handling another dog now yeah so she retired and the way our department kind of likes to do it is like if you want to get into canine kind of canine is not just something like that you just oh this is open i think i'll put in for it type of deal you kind of have to earn your spurs a little bit like and you have to go out as by the way of going out and decoying do you know what i mean by that no okay so decoying is canine training is a weekly deal at our department okay and it probably should be at every department um but you go out and you decoy. And what that is, is you are, you're the chew toy for the bite dogs. Oh, okay. So you put on the suit, um, you take bites from the patrol dogs, you hide, um, you do all that stuff. So as a cop who wants to get into handling, you have to be the guy in the suit? Yes. Okay. It's kind of like a earn your right, earn your spurs yeah. type deal. Okay. Um, and so I was interested in it because I like dogs and... I'd been on a few calls where an apprehension took place and I was like, that was fucking awesome. Yeah. And, (laughs) uh, so I wanted to get into it and I go, so I go out and I decoy and I don't know what I'm getting into, but the first couple of times I decoyed, you know, here I am in this big bite suit and, uh, these high drive dogs are coming in and they just, they they bite you and man they just want to steal your soul yeah and it was violent and i like i just loved it and yeah. i think it was from like you know it was just aggressive it was violent and i just loved it yeah and immediately i was like this is what i want to do and so i decoyed for a while and then i was given the opportunity to get dory and i got dory and the decoying didn't stop because um you know, weekly training, I would still decoy because I had the dope dog and the other guys had the patrol dog. So if there wasn't a decoy that week, I would usually decoy. Yeah. So just kind of earned it that way to get a shot at a patrol dog. And this year, 2020, February, I got a patrol dog. Okay. And is that a German Shepherd? Yeah. His name's Grizz and he's a German Shepherd and... I think he has maybe a little bit of Malinois in him. Oh, yeah. And probably a little bit of Wolf. Oh, wow. I don't know. Yeah. Is he a big dog? He's big. Yeah. Yeah. He's probably, when I got him, he was like 75 pounds. Oh, wow. 
Um, not that which isn't big, but yeah. now he's probably. I don't know what he is now. I'd like to get a weight on him now, but he's a big dog. Yeah, and you, I don't know if you're allowed to talk about this or not. You said he had his first bite. Yeah, so I got him in February, um, and the training process was like three and a half months long, and that's where you're training him to. The training never stops with those dogs. I mean, you got to show them all these pictures. You ask a lot of these dogs, and a lot of dogs they don't work out. Um, but you know, you gotta you gotta train them up to where they're going to be successful out on the street, out in the real world. And uh, it takes pretty much it's never ending. Yeah, if you know what I'm saying. So, um, but yeah, we got through the initial certification process um we got certified we hit the road and we'd been on the road for about a month and a half and uh he'd been doing really good we had a bunch of surrenders and stuff like that and then yeah about two weeks ago we got our first real live on a call apprehension yeah so which was like the culmination of a lot of hard work paying off yeah and it was awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So are the commands... I've seen this before where the commands are in German. Yeah. So are they in German? Depends on the dog. Okay. Um, depends on the dog and it depends on where they came from. Hell, they'll be in French sometimes. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, most of his are just plain English. Okay. Because we get them from a vendor out of California. Yeah. It's a $10,000 dog. Wow. Holy shit. She, she was free. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, and it's just kind of what, where they came from. A lot of those guys get them overseas and stuff like that. So, um, that makes sense. Yeah. And they actually, a lot of them, they'll get them from like Mexico. So they'll be in Spanish or something like that. So it just depends on where they came from, where the vendor got them from. Yeah. Um, you can honestly make them whatever you want though. Gotcha. So a lot of his are just plain English. Okay. Um, I've seen a bunch of videos and I'm, I, I didn't have this question planned, but I've seen a bunch of videos where the dog bites and then they can't get the dog off the suspect. Does that happen? Mm, That's a training issue. Okay. Um, that's a train that just to be flat out, that's a training issue. You gotta be able to, you gotta be able to get your dog off. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just a training issue. You gotta, you got to train that. You got to yeah. train to get your dog off in any environment. Okay. In any. So do you put them through like stressful situations where there's like noise and shit and you name it. Yeah. You name it, man. We have fake flashbangs. Oh, wow. Uh, we have part of the certification is gunfire neutrality to gunfire. So okay. they can't be aggressive towards it. Yeah. Um, we put them through, we try and anything your imagination come up with, is going to benefit. Yeah. We'll just come up with whatever. I mean, you watch all these videos and these guys will have, um, you know, uh, gallon jugs and they'll put rocks in them uh-huh. and the dog will be on the bite and they'll be shaking it or something like that. Just noise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, one thing we did in our Academy is, uh, a leaf blower. Oh, wow. Uh, um, our decoy fired up a leaf blower. And then, like a weak dog, you keep that dog at bay with the leaf leaf blower. Yeah, you know they're like, I don't fucking like that. Yeah. I'm not going in there. Yeah. But if you get a dog with enough drive, they'll drive through it. Yeah. Um, Dude, hose, if, if you were a hose, sometimes. like spraying water out. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, a weaker dog won't be able to work through that. But a dog, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's funny. She, so our dog Skylar, since we've owned the house, she's immune to the leaf blower. Like I can blow it in her face and she like doesn't care, but she will run away from the hose and she'll run away from the vacuum. But I, so I was just That's thinking like funny. to be a perfect criminal, you could just bring a vacuum with you. Bring a vacuum. <laughs> Something. I mean, if you, if there's, if the dog has never been exposed to it, you don't know how he's going to react. Yeah. And so that's why you got to paint all those pictures and you got to get them in all those different environments. And it's kind of hard till you hit the street too, because you train in a lot of these places where it's not sterile, but you go, you go 10, eight out on the road and you go search your first house there's real human odor, there's real dog odor, there's food, there's garbage. And a lot of dogs will just go right into dog, you know, they're like sniffing for food. So there's a lot that goes into it. And I'm still very, very green as far as being a handler. Like I'm still learning so much. It's like a fire hose in your face. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's being a, there's being a cop and then there's being a, cop with a dog and a canine handler it's a high liability deal and there's so much to learn and there's and it, but i love it it's it's it, it is i wouldn't change it for anything and i i honestly like from where i sit now i will have a dog till i retire yeah that's i do awesome. it i do it for free that's you know? so awesome to hear yeah cool yeah um, it is it is badass I, I so i was going to ask you something else and i this is a pre pre-planned question so what do you think of jujitsu? Have I, you have you done it ever? No, I'm not against it. I'm surprised that you haven't. Like with all the shit that you've you've done, sure. hot yoga and you know, I I totally, I totally would. Yeah, I think it has vast benefits, especially in our career field. Yeah, um, controlling and stuff like that. Have you ever done any of it? Yeah, I did jujitsu for like a year and a half. Um, and I want to get back into it. Like, I fucking love it. It's such a cool thing. And especially, like, like the first time I went, you know, I'm a big, strong dude. And I thought I could kick this dude's ass. And he's, like, 160 pounds. And he... Tie up. Oh, my God, dude. He tapped me, like, 10 <laughs> times in 10 minutes. Like, it was yeah. ridiculous. I think... I, I don't think there's any negative. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just, like, I haven't... I just haven't... Maybe it's on me is I should get into it because it's, it'd have a lot of benefit as far as, I mean, hell in my job, we can encounter that. And yeah. you see videos all over the internet where something like that, an officer that was trained in jujitsu would handle that situation a lot better. Yeah. Um, that's what I'm wondering is like when, I mean, I know that there is one department like on the East coast or something that started making it mandatory, Sure, but it seems like something that would be so beneficial and it would probably save the department money with lawsuits and stuff. Lawsuits. It would, I, I don't disagree with you. Like, I think I don't see a negative in it. And there's a lot of guys that I work with that do do it. Yeah. And that's probably on me that I don't like, I probably should. So. Well, I, I don't think it's on you. I think it's maybe on the departments. And yeah. I, I think that there is a like a push nationally for it. Sure. Which is cool to see. Yeah. Um I, I would rather get I'd rather get arrested by a dude that knows jujitsu yeah. than a dude that hasn't done like his annual training on how to arrest someone, you sure. know? Yeah, so totally. Yeah. There's an over dependence on on you know, like yeah, I just I don't see a negative in it at yeah. all. Yeah. So um, I don't know. I, I know that there's a jujitsu gym 
in Meridian and there's one in out, out yeah. in Nampa too. There's there's guys I work with that do it religiously. Yeah. I mean like we have a few black belts and stuff like that. Even our, you know, we it, it it's big in our department. Yeah. So, you know, it's probably on me. I probably need to get into it. It's a, I it, probably love it. Yeah, I, I think you would like especially with, you know, your love for fitness now. Yeah. Uh, it's a different kind of fit. Yeah. Like like you think you're going to overpower someone and then these black belts just kind of sit and wait for you to tire yourself out. Like sure. they'll protect their, their neck and stuff and then you get tired and then they'll just put you in a yeah. triangle. <laughs> yeah. The way I've been, exp- it's been explained to me is it's kind of like just, it's the closest simulation of a fight, like yeah. a real life fight that you can get without having getting into a fight. Yeah. And it's also it teaches you to, and I, you did it for a year. So you know, you know a lot more than I do, but like it teaches you if you're in a fight to to be calm, breathe through that and and work through it and use your technique and stuff like that. Yeah. And it like I said, I don't see a, a negative. The the one thing that I really appreciated about the gym that I used to go to, which is now closed, but the owner now works at Alliance and Eagle. Um he would teach us he would try to simulate like real life situations, like if somebody got you into a headlock like how to get out of it. Like it was cool shit like that. Yeah. And uh, uh, if somebody's going to throw a punch at you, like close the distance, like don't let them punch you. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. No doubt, man. I don't, I don't see a negative in it. And yeah. it's, you know, that'd be awesome if, if, you know, it's probably just, I just need to take it upon myself and do it. I think it's a matter of time before some, it's probably like mandated or something yeah, like that. Totally. Sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I was going to ask you too, cause my buddy, who's a parole officer, he works for the state. And he said that in their department, they only have to recertify on like, is it arrest technique? Like AT, is that what they call it? Once a year. Is that the same for you guys? Yeah, we do it. Man, I want to say we do it. We have block training like twice a year or something like that. Okay. And we'll, we'll touch on it and stuff like that. Not enough to be proficient in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think with that, jiu-jitsu it's like i mean how long does it take to get proficient at it i don't even know i'm not like i did it for a year and i'm not even experienced at right. all you know like i would what, i i like, probably are you like a white belt i'm a two stripe white belt <laughs> <laughs> so i had i'd have to get two more stripes and then get promoted to blue belt sure um and a lot of that actually is just learning like certain flows and like knowing what things are called too. Uh, um, cause some people show up and they're, you know, they're super smart and they know everything, but they can't perform it. And then some people show up and they're super athletic, but they don't really know the flows of things. So, so they, they can't get it. Does yeah. Yeah. So you kind of have to have a combination of both those things. Um, and then I think as you progress more past blue belt, they want you to have more of a appreciation for the sport. And so I think you have to know kind of some history stuff too. And, and I think that just comes with like hanging around the gym. Like you yeah. learn all that shit. So that's cool to me. Yeah. That's way cool. Um, that's just one thing that I haven't yet to tap into. Yeah. Not saying I won't because I, I think it has a huge benefit, especially in my line of work. You know? Yeah. But I just think it's so humbling that like, it's like a little fucking wide receiver that like whooped, yeah. whooped my ass. No doubt. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then like, it's kind of scary too, like, you know, I think it was in the beginning of the year. Pull the mic just a little bit closer. I gotta take a piss. 
Okay, we'll we'll be back in one sec. Okay. <laughs> so, um, what story were you gonna tell? Oh yeah. We're back. <laughs> Momentary lapse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bathroom break. Uh, yeah. We're t- so you're talking about jujitsu and how it benefit and stuff like that. So in I think it was the first part of the year. Um, we were on a call and. We ended up going to try and effect an arrest on somebody. It was a pretty much like your normal type guy. Not in, he was probably in good shape, but, yeah. um, well, I wouldn't say he was in good shape, just a normal dude. Yeah. Um, he resisted, and what followed was like a damn near, I think it was like a five minute fight. Oh, shit. In this living room. And, was he a as you know, that's a long time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Yes. People are like, oh, five minutes. Like, that's a long time. You get fucking tired. Exhausted. <laughs> you get exhausted. Yeah. And at the conclusion of that, you know, um, I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm dead. Yeah. And that's at my current. And I, I the old Dave would have lasted 30, 45 seconds, yeah. and then I would have been done. Yeah. But this dude was just determined, didn't want to go back to jail, and was was about it. Was, it, was he a fighter? Like, did he know how to fight? No. Uh, he just, no, I don't think so. Yeah. He, he, made, he wasn't, like, putting any moves on us or anything like that, but yeah. he was just, he was just kind of tiny and just kind of squirmy and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and... It, I mean, it was like a four and a half minute ordeal. Yeah. Waylay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And at the end of that, I was like, good God, I'm exhausted. And yeah. I'm glad I'm, and that was at like my current physical best shape I've ever been. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. thank God I wasn't like 300 pounds because <laughs> yeah. I would have been fucking. How many of you were there? It was me and another guy. Okay. And uh, actually there was. There was three of us. One guy got hurt. Like, uh, immediately got oh, hurt. He fucked up his knee. Um, he helped, but about as much as you can. I think he, he was out for quite a while after that. Wow. But, um, yeah, so I think jiu-jitsu would have came very good uh, yeah. there. But. It's just funny because you train in, like, all different sorts of positions and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of know... Like, even standing stuff. Like, you know how to take a dude down and, like, you know what yeah. to do with your feet to take a dude down. And I don't know. It's just, it's cool. It, it, and it's very humbling, too. So, like, I go out and I see dudes on the street. Or if you go downtown, like, to the bars, any one of those dudes could be a killer black belt. And you have no idea. Right. And there, there's, like, I wrestled a black belt that was a big, fat dude. And you would have never known. Just seeing really? him on the street, yeah, yeah. But he's a murderer at jujitsu, so that's scary. Yeah, it is scary. It's like I'm sure he's a good person though. So yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I, and I think that's the thing too. Is like when you know jujitsu, you don't fuck with people because you know that like other people know that too. You know, so it makes you more humble, and mm-hmm. it, I think it does make you a nicer person. Sure. So yeah, I don't, like I said, man, I don't, I don't see a downside to it at all, and yeah. it's probably on me that. Um, you know that I've never. I thought about getting into it, but I probably a, should. I probably should. It's a commitment. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's just about making time and 
fitting it into my schedule, which yeah. I probably could. Yeah. So. And, and my, my buddy who owned that gym, um, he's such a freaking awesome, nice dude, but he studied in Brazil for a while and I, I oh, don't know. So he fucking, he's legit. He's in deep and a Brazilian dude who's like well-known in that community moved to Boise and opened that gym out in Eagle. And so now my buddy Brad hangs out with all these Brazilian dudes all the time. Um, but it, it just, yeah, it makes you respect people. And like, just looking at him, it's like, he's just a normal looking dude, but he could murder you. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, yeah, man. Anything that's going to make anything that would make me safer and make other people safer. Yeah. You know, I'm all about. Yeah. So. And, and that's the thing too, is I think, uh, I think I'd be as a citizen, I'd feel safer if I knew a cop wasn't going to tase me and like my head was going to bounce off the concrete, you know, mm-hmm. and they were just going to put me to sleep and I'd be totally fine. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, anytime I've tased people, it's been ineffective. Oh, so really? I'm not a huge proponent. Yeah. It. So yeah, that's not definitely not the first thing I grab. <laughs> yeah. Well, you uh, guys, you guys, I mean, obviously the first like mode to do stuff is just like deescalate, right? It depends on the situation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But you like don't want to use your taser, right? I mean, that's kind of. It, it, it's so situational. It's. It, 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 every situation could be very different. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It depends on what did we know at the time? What are they doing? Um, are they wanted? What are they wanted for? What yeah. did they just do? Yeah. Um, it's all situational. Yeah. So I do think there's an over-dependence on like an electronical control device like that. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're just if you're a street cop and you're out there just purely depending on that, then, you know, that's not good. Yeah. I think you got to have, like I said, anytime I've used it, it hasn't had the effect that I've wanted. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and and it's not like the taser's fault. It's just the situation's fault because it's like, you have to have, you know, do you know much about tasers? I know there's one charge and then there's like one extra charge. That's kind of all I know about it. Okay. So, but then there's two prongs and they have to. Yeah. So it's supposed to get neuro. It's a big word. Neuromuscular incapacitation or something like that. Okay. okay? And so for that to happen, the ideal taser shot is to split, split the belt line chest and then down here somewhere in the thigh. And that will achieve neuromuscular incapacitation okay and i've experienced it because i've been tased in the back and it fucking knocked me the fuck out yeah and i couldn't move i could barely breathe yeah but in a real life on the street deployment are you going to achieve that it's rare yeah because um the times where i've deployed it i was either fighting with someone i was running after someone and it's either one of the one of the barbs flicks off or you don't get a good hit and it doesn't, it, all it does is shock them. Yeah. So you have to get both prongs and then it's going to get that current going and it, you'll achieve that. Gotcha. And if you don't, you're just going to get a shock and it may not do what you think it's going to do. Yeah. And then at five seconds, it's over. So that's part of your job as a cop is to, 
you got to plan for that stuff and not be over reliant on like any weapon, anything you have on your belt. Yeah. What if it's like, you know, we're always taught like, okay, if I tell you somebody and it doesn't work, I need to transition. Okay. Like sometimes it's not going to work on people. Um, or it doesn't work like any of the situations I just explained. It's not going to work on people. So I need to transition instead of just sitting there like, yeah, you know, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I need to transition and I need to think on my feet. And some people don't have that. Do they run you through scenarios mm-hmm. like fairly often? Mm. Like if this doesn't happen, what do you do next type of thing? Or is there not re-education stuff like that? No, there is. There definitely is. But... Um, you know, scenario based training, I think is, is awesome just for all those reasons I explained. It gets you thinking about those situations, but you know how like coach Pete used to say, like, if you're not in, take that mental rep. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's kind of that way out on the street. Like if you're driving around, you, you can help yourself out by thinking mentally about like, what would I do in this situation? What would I do in this situation? What would I do if I'm driving down the road right now and there was an armed robbery at this bank? Yeah. How, what would I do? Yeah. Cause that can happen. So that, you know, if you're not constantly playing through those scenarios, then you're going to be caught with your pants down. Yeah. And I think being a successful street cop, you have to constantly be doing that. Yeah. Constantly be doing that. Thinking about the, what if, what if this doesn't work? And one of the things I really like about canine is you're a lot of times you're put in those situations. Like we go to, we have that tool, we have that dog. And so we go to all of those high priority calls. Yeah. I'll go to Boise. I'll go to, I'll go anywhere. So we are always going to those high stress, rapidly evolving situations, fluid. You got to think on your feet. And it's not for everybody. Yeah. You got to be able to multitask and you got to be able to think on your feet. That's the biggest thing. Have common sense and have confidence in your abilities. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just that mental mind game. Yeah. We can always get more training. Yeah. I mean, what, what job wouldn't want more training? Well, see, that that's what, I, that's what I'm curious about. And you, you said you listen to Rogan, so I'm sure you've heard this shit. But like with football... To me, I loved football because the games were easier than practice. Sure. Like, the practice was so fucking hard and, like, doing red ball and all those things. And, I mean, it helped that we had, like, Demarcus Lawrence that we were going against. (laughs) Uh, Sure. But then when you get into a game, it's like, okay, there's so much time between plays, you know. We practice so much that, like, in the real-life situation, it's super easy. And that's what I think about, like, with cops. Like, I mean, maybe they should train more because when those situations do come up. Yep. And it's like, just to caveat off what you're saying there, like we totally did that in, in, in football. It's like, and I think coach Pete did that for a reason, you know, like we're going to make this hard. And so then when the game, he'd always say like, I don't want you to think I want you to play fast. Right. So it's the same thing in my field. As far as we're going to train to here, we're going to train up to here but we'll deploy to here. Yeah. Right. We're going to train for this scenario, but a lot of times we'll, we'll deploy to here. So it's like, we don't have to think about it. And that's just my department. And that's me. Yeah. That's not across the nation. Yeah. And that's, 
you know, that's just me. That's my department. And you know, that's all I can say about that. But uh, yeah. it, it's like, we'll, we'll come up with that doomsday scenario. The, because we want to be ready for it. We're training for this guy, but a lot of times we get this guy, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't want to keep hammering you about this stuff, but I don't really get to pick cops brains ever about yeah. this stuff. Um, do you ever do like cross departmental training or do you guys ever do stuff with like, do you have like a sister department, like across the nation or across the nation? Yeah. Like no. in a different state. No, 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 no. Uh, we'll go to different States for training, mm-hmm. but it's like you put in for it. And a lot of that times it's like just the canine unit will go like we've oh. gone to Reno and okay. stuff like that. But no, we don't train with like a, at least not since I've been here, like we'll go train with somebody from florida or something yeah like yeah, yeah i just didn't know and it's and honestly it's just a completely different world almost as far as the way they police i think i you know i just can go off what my experience is but, yeah um we'll train with boise every once in a while and um that academy that i just went through with my new dog was actually with nampa okay so there was nampa there was boise or not nampa they're not boise but it was nampa meridian canine okay. academy so cool we will train with other people throughout the treasure Valley. Gotcha. So, um, so how, how old were you when you got on with twin? Oh man. I think I was like 22. Oh wow. Yeah. So did you, I was going to ask you this too. When did you leave BSU? Cause you didn't finish your senior year, Mm-mm. right? Mm-mm. I think I was a junior. Um, uh, 2000, it was the Fall of 2013. Okay. That's when I left. Gotcha. Yeah. That was a super, that was a super hard decision to make. And it was, it was tough, but I just think like I talked to my coach at the time, who was Pete Kukowski. Yeah. And awesome dude. Awesome dude. Yeah. Great coach. And I learned so much from him Yeah, and everybody there. There's stuff that I took away from BSU that I still, I honestly think it's, being in that program is I I attribute a lot of that to where I'm at today. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Dude, like, me too. Like totally. Coach Pete, the built for life thing, it's for real. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like even though I was in it for three and a half years or something like that, but I learned so much and just being in that program set me up so much better for life. Yeah. And um even, you know, Coach K, like, I learned so much from him. But, yeah, I, I'd reached my ceiling, and it was time to move on. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't know. It's just interesting having such a range of guys. Like, there's guys like Dice who gets drafted, you yeah. know. And then there's dudes that, like Carlo, that kind of don't. Are you missing a brewski? I got it. I found it. Is there is there another one? Okay, one more. <laughs> um, and then there's guys like Carlo that, you know, he I think he got fed up with some stuff because he was on scout team all the time. And um, and I don't know if you were in the same boat, like if you just didn't want to because you weren't playing as much or whatever. And then, I mean, I feel like if that were me, it would have been an easier decision um, because I almost quit going into my, going into my sophomore year. And... I had a conversation with my dad. I had a conversation with Coach Strasser, and I made the decision to stay. 
and it ended up being a fucking great decision because I made second string. Mm-hmm. And then the Georgia game, Joe Kellogg got hurt. And I went in. There I played, you are. I played yeah. three quarters against Georgia. Mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm fucking glad I didn't quit. Like, mm-hmm. um, But I could see how, like, if you're not getting the reps or the time, it would have been an easier decision mm-hmm. for me. But I feel like I was in a weird position because I, I contributed and I played. But, like, I wasn't going to the NFL. So sure. it was kind of a like looking back on it. I'm glad I stayed. I'm glad I had those experiences and stuff. But it's almost like it's kind of like a weird middle ground where you're kind of lost. Sure. Like I wasn't going on to play, you know. Yeah. I knew I had to focus on academics and I I took my academics very seriously yeah. my my junior and senior year. And that's where you're that's why you're at where you're at today. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely hear what you're saying. And Man, it didn't help that I had so many studs in front of me. Yeah, fuck. Holy shit. Dude, I always tell people that, like, one of my buddies at work is a huge Cowboys fan, and I'm like, dude, I fucking played against all those guys. Yeah. <laughs> Demarcus Lawrence and uh, Tyrone Crawford. Crawford. Oh, my God. And I played guard, and so if we're doing an out call, I had to yeah. block the DNs. And then we had studs, Bi- man. Billy Wynn. Billy Wynn. And all, Shea. And- all the, yeah, dude. So... I'm, it's really cool that I got to be a part of that D line and like, I know those guys and I, I played with those guys and, but man, they were just way better than I was. Yeah. So it's yeah. just, there's nothing I can do about it. You know, it's just that, you know, God given, you know, not saying that they didn't work hard or anything. They absolutely did. Mm-hmm. But yeah. It was, uh, it's that talent. It's like talent plus hard work equals like the perfect athlete. Correct. Yeah. I mean, hell, just to get on the team, I had to do the fucking open tryout. You oh, yeah? I wasn't even, a, like, I had to work to get on the fucking team. Yeah. So. I guess I didn't even know, like, what, what was that like? The walk, was it the walk-on tryout thing? Yeah, dude. What did you I think it do? was, like, the last year they did it. Oh, really? Yeah. What, what did what'd you have to do? Um, Could fucking anyone show up? Like, if you wanted to go there, you any, could just show up? Any swinging dick. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> any swinging dick was there, man. And it was like, you know what? It was it was really cool because I, I lived and breathed it for, I really wanted to play. Yeah. Re- I mean, it was, all, I was just about it. That's all I wanted to do after high school is I wanted to play. Yeah. And I wanted to play at BSU. And so I trained hard for it. I went to that Parisi Speed School that oh yeah that I don't think they're there anymore. But yeah, I don't think they are. I'd go there like three days a week. Um, on the days I wasn't going there, I was still training, and I I just knew I had that opportunity. I had a chance, and so I just worked my ass off for it. And uh, but yeah, dude, it was literally anybody that wanted to show up showed up, and yeah. it was just mostly it was just agility drills to see you know like how fast are you off. I think they did a 40, probably a lot like the pro day. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Did they do like position I, I really specific? Can't, yes. Yeah. Um, but it's not like I went against anybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I did like lateral movement stuff. I think they wanted to see how fast I was moving side to side. I think they wanted to see some footwork stuff. Yeah. Um, L drill <clears throat> and stuff like that. But that was so long ago. I'm pretty sure that was the pretty much what it was yeah and then after that it was just um what was that guy's name coach he was kind of hawaiian started with a oh, v tuivai Vili- yes viliami tuivai yes yeah 
Coach Tuivai is awesome. Do you yes. follow him like on Instagram? No. Dude, you should look him up. He's like an inspirational speaker now. <laughs> <laughs> that is not shocking. Yeah. He is a cool dude. Yeah. Um, he kind of pulled me aside afterwards and he was like, hey, they want to talk to you a little bit more. And, and then I think I met Coach Saha there because he was there. Yeah. Um, and then I met Coach K. And then they said, hey, let's look at your academics. Like, are you going to school now? And it just kind of snowballed from there. Yeah. And I got a shot. Yeah. So. That's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was was awesome. It's interesting how sometimes a guy will get a scholarship. And I I feel like I was actually in this boat. Like, I got a scholarship out of high school. And then I show up there and I'm like, not as good as they thought I was going to be. <laughs> so it's scary like, to let you guys down. Uh, yeah, I was like, fuck, I was on scout team for two years. And then I finally got like into some games my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, that's when I got the backup position that I started two games. And like, that's when it started to roll. But like, I was at that point where it was, I was almost over it. And I'm glad yep. my, my dad told me, my dad actually told me like, stop fucking worrying about getting playing time just go have fun Mm -hmm. and once i started to just have fun that's when it kind of turned around a little bit for me what great advice that was you know what i'm saying yeah um yeah that's cool man i uh yeah i it was just time for me to move on i i think i'd reached my my peak and the writing was on the wall as far as like you know bacon was there yeah um all those guys in the nfl were there so it was time for me. To the go. thing, the thing that I think about, and I was thinking about this today before you came over, because we we planned on doing this a couple days ago. But when I think back, like I was a fucking asshole. I know I was a fucking asshole, and I don't think I was ever an asshole to you. No, but I, I just remember you just fucking worked hard and kept your mouth shut, and that's why I liked you. Like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like there were some dudes who would talk so much shit about stuff, and I just like, I just talk shit back and I'd be like, "Fuck you!" Like I'm not gonna be friends with you. Yep, my. My attitude was like, I have no regrets about my playing days there. Yeah. I, I literally left it all on the line. Yeah. You know, I can, I can lay my head down at night and say like, I gave it everything I had. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. And I, and when I played and stuff like that, I just, I just wanted to be like whatever shortcomings I had genetically, I was going to make up with like, I was going to try and be aggressive, but yeah. not shit talk or anything yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah. I just wanted to be like violent. Yeah. And aggressive. It just, I didn't want to be like, you're going to blow me seven yards off the ball and stuff like that. And that's just try to, that's just kind of how I tried to play and stuff like that. But yeah, it was, it was like three years I'll never forget. Yeah. And it set me up for life, I yeah. think. So, yeah. Have you ever talked to Coach K since then? No. No. I've, it's been years. I've, I've talked to Strauss a few times. I've talked to Coach Pete a few times. And I'm actually like, I'm, f- I wouldn't say I'm close with Coach Saha, but we text each other and like we'll talk on the phone every once in a while. Really? Yeah. And I I put a thing up on Instagram today that said like who do people want to hear? And a lot of people said Saha. And I'm like, if he fucking comes into town, I'm oh. I'm making him come here. Yes, <laughs> that would be supreme listening. Yeah. You know. Well, okay. So for people who are listening, Coach Saha, Tim Saha was our strength coach when we were in high or in college, and so. If you think about it, you spend more time with the strength coach yep. than you do with your position coach or yep. the head coach because you're with them all spring, all summer, all through the fall, and you really, really get to know the strength coach because you're in the weight yep. room all the time. Yep. So, and I remember starting out like day one with him. Um, 
<laughs> he's an intimidating guy. Oh yeah. And you know, you got to kind of earn your spurs with him too. Mm-hmm. And I remember from day one until the day I left, I remember one of the, the, one of the like proudest moments I had with him was that he let me break. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? He let me break down after the workout yeah. and I knew to him that was a big deal and it was a big fucking deal to me. Yeah. Cause he was like, it was, you know, three years later, um, after being with him for three years, he let me break down after the workout Yeah, and people listening are probably like, what the fuck is this guy talking about? But it was a big fucking deal. Well, it, so like you got to lead, you know, the breakdown, yeah, like when one, we went to break to go do, we were either done. Yeah. Or, so the whole team puts their hands in yes. and you were in charge of yep. whatever the cheer was. I don't yeah. even remember what the fuck I yeah. said, yeah. but he let me do it. Yeah. And I remember he would only, yeah, it just, it was a big deal. That's me. so fucking cool. Yeah. That's the shit I remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember shit in the weight room, dude. Like, that's what I remember more mm-hmm. than the game stuff. I miss that energy. Yeah. You know, I miss that. I miss him, like, throwing his arms up in the air and just turning on a really good song. And yeah. just, we just get after it. Yeah. He, uh, I remember he, like, I think the most I ever benched was, like, 420. And I remember it was on like max out day and it was to get the spot on the wall, like the, oh, number, yeah. the number one bench spot. And I got it. And he took a broomstick or a broom handle <laughs> out of the broom handle bin and he broke it on the floor and like splinters went everywhere. And I was like, fuck. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was the coolest shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Were yeah. you were you there when the uh, like the riot happened in the weight room where like people this just. This when Dale got hurt. <laughs> I don't know if Dale got hurt. I just remember like everyone in the weight room was like dancing and going crazy and dudes got on top of the rig and were like screaming. Do you remember that? I, that seems like a daily occurrence in there almost. But, but he he canceled the workout because of that. He like told us get the fuck out of here. Oh, it got too it got too hyped. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got way too hyped, and it went on for like ten minutes until he he just went and sat in his office, and then he comes out and he goes, "Get out of here!" You guys. Oh fuck. <laughs> I don't think I was there for that one, man. But yeah. uh, I was there when Dale went man down. That was that was not good. What, somebody like shoved him, and he hurt his. Like we were like, <sighs> oh, you know who? You know who I think shoved him. I actually think I don't, it was, she, I don't know if somebody shoved him, but like we crowded around him oh. and we were like, whoa, you know, just oh, breaking he, it down on him. He Dale. got like overwhelmed. He got overwhelmed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I do remember that. I shouldn't say he got hurt. I think he just got overwhelmed. Yeah. Too much energy. Yeah. Yeah, dude. That kind of stuff. That's the stuff I miss. Yep. And it's not, I, have you gone back and watched a game? Oh, yeah. 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 I, to me, like, I couldn't do it for a while. Like, I would go and watch them. But it was weird. Like I just, I felt so disconnected, and especially yep. when like our staff left. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just different. Mm-hmm. It was weird. I don't think I went back for two and a half, maybe three years. Yeah. I didn't go watch a game live. Yeah. I went last year, twice, two or three times last year, and had a fucking blast. Yeah. Every time. Yeah. It's cool going to that um, varsity B tailgate. Yeah. And just seeing who shows up yep. and. I saw um, Jeremy Avery. He came nice. to one of them. And that was so cool reconnecting with him. Like, he's got a good fucking job. He's got three kids. It's just like, it's cool to see dudes that are doing well. Oh, yeah. You know. Most of them are, you know. Yeah. From, yeah. But 
And that's what I wonder. And that's kind of one of my goals with the podcast. Like, I want to reconnect with guys. And it's just a fucking excuse to hang out with someone and, mm-hmm. like, and see what they're doing. Yeah, here we are on a fucking Monday night. I know, dude. <laughs> Drinking White Claws and PBR. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's like I've reconnected with a couple dudes. Um, like, do you remember Andrew Woodruff? I think he was before my time. But, yes. I think he was one year before you. Yep. But he, he's going to come on the podcast and... He, he's like a fucking O-line legend at BSU. Sure. And uh, I went and got beers with him the other night just to kind of... Because he wanted to know, like, what are we going to talk about? Like, what's the goal and all those things. And But it was just fun hearing his story and hearing... He spent five years in the CFL. He's from Canada. And he's got a crazy fucking story. Um, and it's just cool how, like, football kind of... I think football, like, saved his life. So cool. I'm excited to get him on the podcast yeah, and give him a chance to... badass. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, he, I think he was a year before me or something like that. Yeah. And then, uh, I mean, just dudes that like, it's like dudes you looked up to who aren't playing football anymore. And it's kind of like, yeah, I wonder what they're doing or where they are in life. And yep. um, obviously it's like guys like Schleckaway and Richie Brockle. Like I know what those dudes are doing, but I want to reach out to other guys and just see like where they're at in life and, yeah. you know, if they're doing well. And I think Tad would be cool. Yeah, I I actually I talked to his wife today, and I don't know if he'd he'd be willing to come on, but I would love to have him on. Yeah, <laughs> you said he. So Tad Miller was an offensive lineman. He went to be Bishop Kelly, where I went, and then went to BK. And I kind of like I was like the next Tad, but I was like never fucking as good as him. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but he's a Boise cop now, and you said yep. he's he's doing canine stuff too. He is. Yeah. yeah, I think he got into it about. Similar time that I did that I got my patrol dog. Okay, so cool. Yeah, he got uh, he got um, Shane Williams' old dog. Okay, who's a canine handler there. So, but yeah, uh, we work on the same end of the week. Okay, so yeah, I hear him on the radio and stuff like that. Gotcha. So what what's your shift like? Do you guys have three shifts or is it two shifts? Um, Oh god, like is there like a day swing and night kind of thing? Yep. Yeah. Um throwing a cover shift so there's there's day shift which is seven to five okay cover shift is 11 to nine and then swing shift is four to two a.m okay and then graveyard is nine to seven okay gotcha and then throw on top of that is a canine we have our own shift so i work right now i'm on a canine swing shift and so i work um two to midnight okay gotcha do you patrol with the dog? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know if it he's was with like... me. He's in the back of my car all the time. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. He lives with me, and we have um, a take-home specialized canine car in the back of the. So I don't transport anybody anymore. Yeah. In the back of my car is a canine kennel. It's got um, special sensors in there for if it gets really hot or something like that. The AC will kick on. We have sensors on our belt that tell us how how hot or cold it is in their car. Uh, he's got water in there Yeah, and he just rolls around with us. That's awesome. Yeah. Nice. So do you have, <laughs> this is stupid, uh, dumb, dumb question. Sure. Um, do you have like a specialized diet for him? Like when he eats, so he doesn't like shit while you guys are out. <laughs> <laughs> That's a funny ass question. Um, Cause my we we can set a clock to when our dog shits. Like she'll eat in the morning, she'll go poo, and then she'll eat at night, and then she'll go poo. Like sure. We know when she's gonna go to the bathroom. And Grizz is kind of like that. Like I'll let him out first thing in the morning. He'll eat, and I know he's got to shit. Yeah. So he'll take a dump. Um. 
And then after that, it's kind of unpredictable. <laughs> um, Has he done it out and about? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah dude. Especially... Not on a real live call, like he hasn't shit in someone's house or something like yeah, that. Yeah, Definitely that has happened. Yeah. Not with my dog. But, but he's probably, I mean, their adrenaline's probably going though, right? Like, yeah. yeah. So dude. they have stress shits. That oh. is a real thing. Oh my God. <laughs> they will have st- <laughs> and it's usually just straight blowing mud stress shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I haven't had one of those on a deployment. Usually I'm pretty good about breaking him. And, yeah. Um, I'm sure it will happen. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's pretty regular. You know, some dogs are funny too. Like we have a couple of dogs that like, they'll only shit if they're backed up to like a bush. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Like they have to back up to something and they'll poop in a bush. It's yeah. Like, it's funny. They don't want to be like, or they'll like, you know, they'll, you know how like dogs will mark, like they'll go around and they'll piss. Yeah. 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 But they don't let the whole, yeah, they'll run around the yard. They mark. Piss they go around and mark. Spots, yeah. And, yeah, so he'll go around and he'll mark and stuff like that. Um, and we have dogs that do that a lot. And we have a few dogs that'll do that, but they'll like shit. Yeah. <laughs> like they mark shit. <laughs> I wonder why. So it's why. like, That's... dude, just shit. Like, get it all out, man. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So when you, when you take the dog home at night, uh, he or she... Oh, he's a he. He? So does he... We have all male dogs. Oh, okay. Other places, they'll have like females and stuff like that. Why is that? I have no idea. Uh I think it just depends on... Honestly, it just depends on the dog. Yeah. Uh, The only thing I've heard that is adverse with the females is like sometimes they'll get real clingy with the handler. Okay. And you need that dog to range out from you sometimes. Like you need that dog to go... Say we're in a big warehouse... You need that dog to go clear deep into that warehouse. And yeah. Sometimes with like a female, they don't want to get too far from dad. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? They're very protective of dad. Yeah. So that's the only thing I've heard with females. But yeah. I'm there's a lot of I'm sure there's a lot of female dogs out there that are just banging dogs and <laughs> just do a great job. Yeah. But we don't have any. So so when you take him home at night, <laughs> does he kind of turn into a normal dog or is he like kind of on all the time? He. He definitely knows when he's home and he knows when he's at work. Yeah. Um, I mean, does he like hang out with your kids? Yep. Yeah. To a degree. Okay. Like you don't want to, and again, it depends on the dog, but like, um, you don't want to, you don't want that dog to go home and get like too comfortable at home. Uh-huh. He may lose a little drive. Um, but, uh. Yeah, like I was saying, like he might lose a little drive if he gets really uncomfortable. Like if he gets really comfortable at home. Like yeah. if you let that dog in the house and he is a house dog and you let him up on the couch and it's just like he's just a regular dog, he may lose some drive. Yeah. Um, some dogs, it doesn't affect them at all. And they are able to differentiate between home and work. Um, hit Grizz, it's still like I still like we have outdoor kennels we get those and he's on a cement pad. It's really nice. It's like outdoor kennel and stuff like that. Really nice dog den for him. And so when I get home from work, I feed him and I put him in his kennel and he, he loves it. He passes the fuck out. Yeah. Um, I don't let him in the house too much, Gotcha. but I'll go outside and let the, let my daughters out there and, and he plays with them and stuff like that. So yeah, he's not so sharp to where I'm worried about him nuking anybody. Yeah. 
And that's the cool thing about the dogs that we have. They're social. And that was one of, that's like one of the biggest things is we want is a social dog, you know, a dog that we can take out to a kid's birthday party or something like that, or a school. And, you know, we're not worried about him nuking some teacher or nuking some kid or something yeah, like that. So yeah. you always have to have that in the back of your head. You don't want to be complacent with that, but yeah, he's social. So does he, does he like have something that he wears? Like when he's on duty, like does mm-hmm. he know when he's on duty and he knows when he's off duty? Oh yeah. 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 Um, there's things that like you can do to key, like it'll kind of like key in his brain. Like this is what we're doing. One example of that is a harness. Okay. Like I will only put the harness on him if we're going to go tracking. Okay. Um, and I've just started that from day one and I've learned that from our trainers and stuff like that. Like, don't just leave your dog's harness on him. It's just one thing that we do is like, if you put the harness on him, we're going to go track a man or something like that. Um, and I think he's picked up on that too. Like he has a a flat collar, like a regular collar, and then he's got an E collar and then he wears a, um, a fur saver, like a chain. So he's always got like three on him. Okay. And then if we're going to go track someone, we'll put a harness on him. Gotcha. I mean, it's kind of like you see it with normal dogs. Like you put their, or you get the leash out and they know exactly what they're doing. Yep. Like we're going for a walk. Same thing. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. It's just that equipment and he'll just key in on it. Yeah. So it's really cool. Dude, that's such a fucking cool thing. I guess I've, I've heard about it and I've heard how close like cops get with their dogs, but Mm -hmm. I never talked to somebody about it. So yeah, man, like it is like. Like I told you earlier, I'd do it, I'd, I would honestly do it for free. Like, it is the coolest gig ever. It's a lot of work, but it's also, like, the most rewarding because it's, like, and especially when you get the, you know, the final test is, like, will they go and engage yeah. someone out on the street? And when they, you know, when they do that and stuff like that, then it's just, like, all that hard work, all that. And a lot of it is frustrating work, man. It's like a little kid. It's like having a little kid. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I taught... This is nowhere... I'm not trying to compare myself sure. to you. But I taught her a trick. I taught her how to close our front door. And, dude, she she got so frustrated. She would go and, like, lay down in the corner. But I, like... Yeah. I knew she could do it. And so I didn't, like, push her too mm-hmm. hard, you know? And, uh, like... I even got down and kind of showed her what to do. And then eventually she'd start to learn how to do it. But now she does it all the time. Like, cause she knows she's getting a treat after. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's just consistency, repetition. Consistency is the biggest thing. Yeah. So, if yeah. You, and, and as far as like obedience, if you give them an inch, they'll take a mile. Yeah. They're just like a little kid. Yeah. So you got to pull you back. Gotta be on them. You know what I'm saying? Like we have a certain way that we, that, that I feed him, you know, he's got to be in a down and then I've got to tell him, okay, you can eat. Yeah. And same thing, like walking through a door, um, a lot of dogs will just like try and push past you and they're like, Oh my God, I want to get through the door, but you know, we'll sit and then we'll go through the door together. Yeah. So it's just, it's small things, but they pay off in the end because when it's a real life deployment and there's real stuff going on, that's the last thing you want to be thinking about is your dog's obedience because yeah, yeah, yeah. you got a million other things going on. That's kind of got to be on autopilot. Almost. Yeah. It's like, I know he's squared away and I know he'll listen to me. I need to focus on this. Yeah. So that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. Um, 
I was going to ask you too when we were talking about this before. So you said the heaviest you got was three hundred five ish. Yep. How much are you weighing now? I weigh um, two days ago. I was one ninety five. Oh shit! God damn, dude. <laughs> I've always thought about that. The lightest I've ever got, I was two twenty. Um, and I actually, I dieted so hard to get there yeah. and it was very frustrating. Yeah. Um, but I always thought it'd be cool to weigh under 200 pounds yep. at some point. That's kind of like my goal is to stay, not stay under 200. Cause I'll fluck, I fluctuate really weird. Like yeah. too, I'll be like 195 and then a few days later I'll be like 205. You know, it's just weird. I don't yeah. know. Not maybe not 10 pound swing, but I fluctuate. But as long as I just don't want to get it you know, I don't, I'm, it's, I'm a little more lax now, Yeah. but, um, do you have a number? Like, do you have a number that you think of if you see that on the scale? Like you got to have another conversation with yourself. Sure. Uh, it's probably like two fifteen, two twenty. Yeah. Like if I got back up there, I'd probably be like, I need to get it back in gear a little yeah. bit Mine's- because 195, 200, I think is good for me and my body type. Like, yeah. I just think that is it because I can, I can eat pretty much not what I want, but I can just maintain that and keep my sanity. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. not starving. I, I'm not starving. Yeah. But like if I got way up there, like I think I'd, I have been really laxing. Yeah. But, um, my, my number is two fifty. Like if I ever saw two fifty on the scale, I'd, I'd like, no, mm-hmm. okay, we got to rein it in a little mm-hmm. bit. And I want to get down. I want to get down to where I'm like comfortable at two twenty ish. Um, and yeah, it's just fucking discipline, dude. Like yep. I get, I do get headaches if I don't eat enough. And that's, that's part of the Goggins thing too, where it's like learn to do and you don't want to do. It's like, mm-hmm. I have to fucking still work at work, Yep. you know, even when I'm hungry. <laughs> yep. So, um, and yeah, the lowest I ever got was 183. Whoa. Holy shit. Yeah. And that, when I got that low, I was like, okay. I think I need to start building in some, some like weight training and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause I was like a noodle. So know? were you just doing cardio and you got down to 183? Pretty much. Wow. Holy shit. Pretty much. I didn't touch a weight for, I don't know, probably damn near a year. Wow. You know? Yeah. You know, looking back on that, I was that smart. Probably not, but cause I lost so much strength, but I don't know. You don't, yeah, you don't fucking need the strength. My, my thing was like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get all this shit off yeah, and then I'll rebuild back up. Yeah. So keep that low body fat. Yeah. So. I think dudes need to hear it too. I think guys that we played with, I mean, like I don't want to be an asshole, but I think there's some guys that just are complacent with it and they're okay with it. And it's like, if you and I could do it. Oh yeah. Everyone can fucking do it. Everyone can do it. <laughs> Yeah, no doubt about it, man. Yeah. And I just once you once you shed it, man, I feel so much better. Like it's it's amazing. And I know you can attest to this too, but it's it's just shocking how much different life is as far as like I sleep better, food tastes better, uh, I have way more energy. I seem like I'm a happier person. I have more confidence because I used to struggle with like confidence issues. Yeah. Um, just being overweight. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't have a whole lot of confidence in myself and I think just shedding all that and 
just knowing that I can do it and then accomplishing it. I just, it gave me some confidence. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I feel the same way. I feel like I still have that a little bit. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's just residual from being a big dude for so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still like surprised that my wife is with me. I'm like you're so much fucking prettier than I. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's 100 percent true. Um, I'll look back at pictures and I'll be like, oh my god, like what? What did you see? It must have just been personality. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's interesting. So you're yeah, you're with your wife and you guys met when you were bigger. Oh yeah. My wife never knew me when I was big, and so she she sees pictures of me and she's like, wow, you're big dude back then yeah my wife will say funny things like i just never knew you were that big and i'm like i you know it's just how i was well she probably saw you too like she probably saw you lose the weight as well so it wasn't like big like a big jarring thing (laughs) yeah whereas like when you posted that picture on instagram everyone was like holy shit look at kush yeah 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 so she saw it gradually falling off so it probably wasn't as shocking but We'll look back at pictures. Even my fucking driver's license, people will be like, is that you? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, man. Like, and I look, uh, she'll tell me too, like, how old are you? I'm 29. I'll be 30 this month. Okay. So I'm 30. Yeah. And I'll tell people I'm 30 and they're like, fuck, I thought you were like 21. <laughs> yeah. You know, especially yeah. people out on the street, like they treat me like I'm like 20 years old, like 22 you know, yeah. which is funny. It was like, motherfucker, I'm like 30 years old. Yeah. That only happens. Like if I grow my beard out, people think I'm older and then I'll shave and then people think I'm really young. Yep. Yeah. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy. Treat people, treat people, treat you differently. Yeah. So Do pe- I'm are, not going back. Are people surprised when they find out you're a cop? What do you mean? Well, like, I mean, if I just was talking to you right now and you told me you were a cop, I, I, I feel like I would be surprised. I don't know. It's not like you I mean, look a, like a cop. That's a you tough, don't have a mustache. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough question. Um, I don't know, man. Or maybe it just never comes up. It never comes up. Really. Yeah. I mean, never comes up. I've had a lot of people be like, man, you're a cool cop. Like, yeah. I wish I could run into you. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, Dude, I've told this. And I think that just goes back to like, that's kind of the attitude I take out on the street is like, I'm going to give people the benefit of the doubt. And like I told you earlier, there are evil people out there and I've met a few and I don't think there's any rehabilitating them. Yeah. Um, but you know, I don't, that's kind of partially why I got into canine too is like, I want to go after them. Yeah. Like that's who I want to, I want to truly protect people. You don't want to have to triage and find out if they're a good person or not. Right. Like, and I, I just don't enjoy, I don't enjoy running traffic, right? I don't enjoy writing traffic tickets. Yeah. And I, I don't, <laughs> um, I, it's just not part of my, that's not my role, right? That's not my role is to go out and write a bunch of traffic tickets. That's not my role. And I knew that early on. I'm like, that's not what I want to do. That's not why I want to get into this. When I, I want to get into this for this reason and this reason. And then when I get out of it, when I retire, I want to look back and be proud of like, I helped put that guy. I helped capture that guy. Yeah. I was a part of that. Like I was involved with that shooting. I was involved with taking down that guy. You know what I'm saying? That's kind of what I'm in it for. Yeah. Um, 
Well, and, and chatting with you, like, it makes me feel better that you're one of the dudes out there. And I think I've done a couple ride-alongs with some guys that I went to grad school with. And uh, you probably know him. Um, oh, fuck. I can't remember his name. <laughs> but I, when I did ride-alongs with him, I realized, like, how fucking cool he was. And he didn't want to stop people for, like, he's like, that guy's speeding. But, like, I know he's not causing issues sure. you know, or he sees someone on their phone or whatever. Like he knows it's not an issue. And that made me feel better that there's somebody out there. That's not just like a dick and trying to catch people for certain things. hundred percent. And he, it's funny too, riding along with him, following people. He's just like, people just fucking slow down whenever I'm behind them. Oh yeah. And like he said, it was the most annoying thing in the world. And so it's just, it's nice to know, like I'll probably make my kids do ride-alongs just sure. so they know what cops do and what's going through their head and they can explain things to the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I would have done that earlier because I I was in that mindset too. I'm like, oh my God, this cop's looking at me and yeah. he's not fucking looking at no. you. No, <laughs> 90% of the time he's not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if you're... If you're if you're not breaking the law and you're just you're just a good abiding citizen, you know what I'm saying? You're driving on the road, you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. I mean... Like I told you, man, I'm not out there to get people that are going 10 over the speed limit or something like that. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's a different story when, if you're driving recklessly or you cause a crash and it's your fault, stuff like that, we we're kind of obligated to yeah. do that. You totally. know what I'm saying? Like, but yeah, that, that's not why I want to be a cop. I want to be a cop because when I look back and I retire and I'm talking to my daughters and stuff like that, I'm going to be like, your dad was a part of this track. Yeah. Your dad was a part of this takedown. You're, you know, I helped, you know, I was involved with this. I was involved with this. You know, I don't want to look back and be like, I wrote 10,000 tickets. <laughs> yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. That's just not me. Yeah. Um, well, the thing that made me respect him too, I, I remembered his name. Do you know Captain Lynn? No. In Boise? No. Uh, they have, is he retired? No. Oh. He's oh. the coolest fucking dude. Um, but he, we were riding over by like the mall area, like near Emerald, and some dude was trying to turn, and he was trying to cross like during rush hour, two lanes of traffic, and he was just being an idiot, and and Lynn did the like boop thing, and just to like get the guy's attention, and he rolls his window down, and he just yells at the guy, he's like, quit being a fucking idiot, <laughs> and I was like, yes, dude, like yeah. you're not gonna go make a scene with that sure. guy, he's just gonna like. I don't know. I I would want be like, hey, quit doing what you're doing. Yeah, like drive normal. But he's not gonna go arrest the guy or sure. like cause an issue with sure. him. You know, sure. Yeah, sometimes, that just sometimes we're our, we are our own worst enemy with that. Really? You know? So, yeah. So it just made me respect him more. Like he's he's not out to. I don't know. And seeing how he interacted with some of the homeless people, like it just made me proud that we have cops like that yeah like it was cool that's cool to see yeah and that's what we have in the treasure valley man like i can't attest to what's going on across the nation because i'm not there i've never been a part of any of that but yeah there's a lot of good we do our best yeah and there's a lot a lot of the guys that i work with and my experience and what i can attest to is is that yeah i mean we're that's what you just said is just a lot of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean like I would encourage people to go right along and I think everyone before, should do it. Yeah. Before, I mean, 
before we get, you know, like these knee jerk, really emotional reactions to all that, you know, go out for yourself and see what we do. And I think, um, you know, you hear the big push for community policing and I don't know what they talk about on your end, but like I went to school for criminal justice for six years and that was a huge aspect of mm-hmm. it. Every police class that we took. And, uh, I think from a community standpoint, like as a citizen, that's not a cop, it makes you respect them more. Like everyone should just be required to do it at least once. Sure. Like I think that makes society way better. It would yeah. like go see, just go see what it's like, you know? And you never know. Like if you go on a ride along, like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Like just go see what it's like. Yeah. Um, Cause a lot of people don't know. Yeah. Um, well, dude, we're coming up on, we're a little over an hour and a half. Um, I know you haven't listened to any of the podcasts, but I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, <laughs> so I've been giving people a chance to get the last word. Okay. So I'll give the, the end to you. Okay. So um, if you want to put something good out there into the universe. Oh man, you are putting me on the spot. <laughs> I know I am. I'm sorry. I might stop doing this because people have the same fucking reaction every time. Oh, putting me on the spot no pressure oh man i just i guess my last word would be just to to everybody out there that's listening like with everything going on in the nation just fight the urge to get that emotional knee-jerk reaction to things that you see on video and media and just be still for a second and think and just try and like we were just talking about, like go, go, go do your own research about things and go ride along and see what, what's really going on and stuff like that. And you know, just don't just piggyback off what you see or read, do your own research. Don't have that emotional, very emotional recharged reaction to things. Just try and be still and take things in and, and, uh, I mean, just let's just be nice to one another, dude. I mean, let's just, that's, that's kind of my last thing I'll say is just like, let's treat each other how we would want to be treated and let's think about our kids and let's, you know, yeah, that's, that's I love it, man. Yeah. Awesome. That's all I got to say. Let's just, let's just try and be nice to one another and, uh, yeah. We'll end it on that. Yeah. Thanks for being on the podcast, man. Yeah, dude. It was really fun. Right on. Thanks, man. Yeah, no problem.